Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Robert, welcome to WBAP. How can I help you? Well, I have a problem with a uh, shower. It's fairly new. Uh, sometimes you turn it on and it gets nice and hot. And then sometimes you, get, you go... Uh, you go uh, five minutes and wait for hot water, and you don't ever get any hot water. And I think it's the maybe the mixing valve in the middle of that unit. So I'm trying to uh, determine if you think that could be the the case. And then also, if I bought the parts, how hard is it to put that back together? Well, let's let's uh, let me ask just a couple quick questions. I'm I'm assuming you're getting hot water everywhere else. Right. Yes. Okay. There's then, a sink right next to that shower, and it's hot as can be. Yeah. Okay. Then you you're correct. It's going to be in the mixing valve. And is it a single handle? It's a single handle. It's off at six o'clock, and then you turn it clockwise up to about eleven o'clock to be full hot. Okay. And yeah. And at times when you turn it, it does get scalding hot, but other times it just plain you never get hot water, right? Right. Yeah, in the mixing valve, the way those things work, uh, just picture a little tube thing that's in there, eighth-inch ports. And as you turn it, it opens up these ports to allow water to mix in. Well, if any of the gaskets, the O-rings or anything like that, peel up a little bit, it'll plug those little ports, and you just don't get the right water mixture coming in. Uh, Or one of the the little slides will stick and not rotate like it should. So what you end up doing is taking the handle off and you'll remove that cover ring and you're going to see that you can take a screw out and just remove that entire insert. And Uh you basically are going to have to rebuild that insert. Okay. I went to the same store where I bought the first one and gave it to the plumber who installed it. It's only about... uh, two years old Uh and I bought the same part and I've got the it's a black plastic unit that kind of fits into a brass manifold right and so uh, I'll just stick a new part in there if you think that's that's what it is yeah that that's that's going to be what it is okay so there's a bunch of o-rings on it do I need to use some of that uh uh lube o-ring lube to push the only, only if the manufacturer has that in the in, insertion instructions, because some of them do, and most of them don't. Though most of them, it's just a matter of putting it in. Okay, well, that's easy enough then. And now, one one the, other thing on those valves, uh, you're going to see a when you take your handle and stuff off, a half circle that's got cogs on it. You know, like a kind, of, and that's an adjustment ring where you can loosen up a screw. And move it a little bit. Since you, when you put that new insert in, uh, it may not be adjusted for hot water the way you want it. And so you may have to adjust that a little bit. Uh, by moving it up and down, it gives you more hot water, less hot water. Okay. And then to take that handle off, I just uh, go to where it's all the way off and then continue with some pressure and go counterclockwise and it'll unscrew? On most of them, yes. What brand do you have? Do you know? It's Kohler. Okay. I believe Kohler does go that direction. Now, make sure you shut the water off to the house. Right. 
Okay. All right. Sounds easy enough. Thank you very much. Now, I would do one other thing, and this is something plumbers don't typically do, but I I like to to do this. Before you put the insert back in, Uh turn the water on for just a second to blow any debris out of the pipe that may be in there. Now, it's going to come straight out that faucet, so you got to have it where it's not blowing out into the bathroom or anything. But uh, that way, if any debris had gotten into the lines that plugged up those ports and caused this problem, you can blow it out before putting it all back together. Uh You know, the directions do say to flush it out before you... But this shower has probably only been used 20 times in the last two years. It's pretty much brand new. Place. Yeah, but but so. when they when they uh, originally, you know, put everything in, if they got a little um, Teflon tape or debris into the pipe, that can get uh-huh. into those valves and cause this type of issue as well. Oh, okay, very good then. And that that's the reason for blowing it out. Randy, how can I help you today? Jim, I was on the tornado alley here in, in October the twentieth in Dallas, and the appraisers came out and they appraised a new roof for me. I hired a guy immediately who I had done business with before. He had put on a flat roof and done an excellent job. The price was good. even had a little issue with it. He came back immediately, fixed it. I gave him $8,000 to get the materials and told him, I said, well, not under real rush, but just a reasonable time here, next few weeks. Well, a few weeks come and go, and I called him up, and he says, well, to be honest with you, I don't have your money anymore. He robbed Peter to pay Paul. And even though I keep calling him and even though he keeps answering and he's not hiding from me, uh, he's still got my money and he claims he doesn't have the money to get the material to do the job. So besides uh, court of law, what any options that you can recommend? Well, no, it's going to be one where you're going to end up going to law. But here's the uh, thing that you have to be aware of. In Texas... That is highly, highly illegal for him to take funds from one job to go do another job. Oh, and yeah. it's not it's not only a civil matter. By doing that, he created it as a criminal matter. And so okay. you, if you can get a district attorney who will take that charge, and I have seen people go to jail over this, especially if they did it on multiple cases. Uh, I know one guy in the foundation business, he got 15 years doing that wow. he only and ended really? up serving five of them yeah this guy's been in business 27 years yep and it's crazy and uh i you know he sat in my house and i looked at him i said what you did is not only illegal it's immoral and unethical yeah and uh so, he admitted it was but yep. uh so well, that's gonna be the, really that's gonna be your only recourse is is to through that type of application now By threatening that, he ought to be smart enough to go get the funds to take care of it. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. I got to tell you guys just a a real quick story. I got a call from Johan, my oldest son. And uh, Charlie, my, my grandson, turns two tomorrow. So we're all going over to Johan's house and they uh, we're going to do a little touch-up paint here and there. So they went. his wife, Margaret, went up in the attic, got the can of paint down to, to match and stuff. It said interior paint. 
Got it. Touched up. Looked good. Kept going. Got the wrong can of paint. They had multiple interior things. And they've touched up all over the house. And as it dries, it's gray on a soft white wall. Now they got to go get the right paint and redo everything. So here's my tip for you. When you're going to touch up paint, because it's very difficult, especially as paint ages on the wall, the sun fades it. And you're not sure it's going to look right, even if you've got the same can that it was originally put in, put on with. Now, the way to check this, touch up a spot, take a hair dryer, and dry that paint, and make sure it blends in. Then you don't have any question what before you go off and do everything else. And one thing to make sure that you actually have uh, a paint can that's going to last, when you uh, finish and close it up, turn it upside down because the lids can leak and that, that will secure it where you don't have to worry about it. Uh, anyways, he sent me some pictures as well. It's hilarious. And I, I, I told him I'm going to use it on the air. Lawrence, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Um, I listen to your show frequently, and uh, you are absolutely awesome. And you were the first person I thought of to call when this happened yesterday morning. Um, I have a home that was in the chemical blast area that happened yesterday morning. And I'm... Yeah sure you're acutely aware of that situation and Jim I, I it's a rental home I walked through the home and it uh, that entire there's about 200 and something homes in that about 250 West yeah. area okay and it looks like a war zone and it looks like um, a combination of a tornado and a hurricane came through there but most of it is it's not that trees are down it's the fact that the blast created so many bizarre circumstances could you maybe give me a little backdrop um on procedures and uh things to be careful about um there's so many topics related to this particular disaster type situation there there really is and uh, honestly i don't think they've even put them all out yet as far as, you know, what all we're going to be facing and involved with. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be straight up, as big of blast zone as that thing had, it would not surprise me if they don't build all the homes back. Uh, it will not surprise wow. me if the, the plant's not forced to buy some of the properties around to move houses back further away from it. I've seen that happen down in Corpus Christi. I've seen it happen in other areas where these type of explosions have have happened. You know, and they they we we built these these facilities, and when they're originally built, they're kind of out away from everything, and then slowly housing moves in around them and gets a little too tight to them. So that's yeah. going to be my first thing that I I wouldn't jump the gun trying to rebuild too darn fast. Let that's uh, let the insurance companies get involved first to to help out. And then once you do actually get to the point where you're getting ready to rebuild, it really need you need to have the the property inspected 
buy a, an engineer who can tell you, yes, structurally, you're okay to build this back. Uh, in fact, I'm, I called uh, Larry Devers. You hear me talk about Devers Engineering, and I asked him to call yes. in today at 2.30 to discuss oh, this wow. because right. uh, there it needs to be looked at to you know some of these houses are blown off their foundation walls have have shifted over and moved and truthfully a lot of times those can be put back into place and and reattached and everything but you got to make sure that the wall is structurally sound as well because if two by four starts snapping and things like that now you're dealing with another thing you're not just moving the wall you got to tear it down and rebuild it Uh, and if there's brick on the outside of part of it that's just a veneer it's not structural it's the two by four walls that we've got to be worried about. Yes, sir. Well, um, just a, a little footnote, and thank you for sharing that. Um, the uh, this particular house, in fact, most of these homes in this uh, community are stucco finished, and yeah. my stucco has pulled. Uh, at least in some areas, one foot away from the wall, and in some areas, four feet. There, it's just hanging by a thread, so to speak. And I've told my tenants and the other homeowners, stay away from those walls. They could yep. collapse at any minute. You know, it, it's it's going to be... Let me ask you a quick question before I say this, though. Uh, are they stuck over EFIS? Do they have styrofoam on the backside? Not to my knowledge. Okay, because it, it, it's it's rare to have true stucco walls. They they back in the seventies and on up, they've built so many structures with EFIS, uh, and this actually is going to give everybody a prime time to get rid of the EFIS and and go with a a better siding. But what's How your do you problem? particular word EFIS E-F-I-S I believe is how they spell it and and it's actually actually that's an acronym that's not the true name of it uh, it has a very lengthy name and I can't ever remember all the words for it but if you if you type in E-F-I-S it'll come up okay uh, okay so on those type of structures what's going to end up happening is before any repairs get started, everything's got to be secured first. And I know there's a lot of volunteers out there right now putting tarps on and things like that to try to keep places dry for the rains that we're expecting tonight. Make sure, and this is for everybody listening, tarps go all the way to the ridge. If you just put a tarp over a hole, water running down the roof is going underneath that tarp. It's going to still get in the house. The tarp's got to go all the way over the ridge. Secondary thing that we're going to have to uh, start securing afterwards is going to be the safety issues like what you're talking about. Uh, And so that's going to be a matter of people, contractors, or somebody coming in and pulling down the loose stuff. But everything's got to be documented first. So if, if it was my home, the first thing I would do is go in and just photograph the heck out of everything. I would also go in and video everything all the way around the house and if it's structurally sound enough where i can go inside go inside video everything now you've got good documentation to where you can start securing and taking stuff off that's loose 
that's going to you know be in dangerous because i you know i've seen the pictures where sheetrock's hanging off the ceilings and things like that and that just just needs to be pulled down and and secured but you got to document it first and and all the pictures and videos and stuff will do that for you wonderful um well um the uh, insurance company is sending out uh, a guy um early next week um to look at the property and um I guess we'll go from there. And, is it uh, your insurance gonna... or the uh, the uh, plant's insurance? Uh, it is my insurance company. Good. Okay. And this is for everybody listening. Again, call your insurance and file the claim. And typically what's going to happen is your insurance is going to come in and, and do all the uh, repairs and... and settlements and all that stuff and then they will segregate back against the plant insurance and by doing it that way it'll move a lot faster for you well safety first um, yep and we're going to take great precaution here the uh the tenants want to stay in the house um and at least at this point only the east side of the house which was facing the chemical plant um, that's the only vulnerable area that, uh, people have to stay out of the yard on that side of the house. Yeah. Uh, other than that, the house appears to be safe to stay in, but, uh, I'm going to let the adjuster decide that. And we'll, we'll talk about that when he comes out. Well, that, it, well, it was, it was quite a blast because I was in Pasadena when it blew up. Uh, I was, I was getting ready for work at the time and, uh, I was in the bathroom and everything rattled and shook. And I said, Shh, dang, something just blew up. I had no idea it was that far away when I turned the radio on to find out what had happened. Wow. So that's roughly what, 20 something miles? I, I figured about 25 miles as the crow flies. Mercy. Well, yeah. I was, um, about three and a half miles away and it, I was dead asleep. I mean, I was in a delta deep sleep. And when it woke me, it had kind of felt like a sonic boom, not knowing actually what it was. But that was kind of my impression of what had happened. And uh, about five minutes later, I started getting phone calls at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Well, Lawrence, good luck with that. and. uh... You know, if there's anything we can help you with, by all means, give us a holler. Rusty, this is Jim. How can I help you? I got a two-bedroom, one-bath home that I've lived in for 11 years. I want to downsize and sell it. But I need a general contractor to come in and tell me what all updates I need to do. Okay. Anyone you can recommend? Now, and and let me, when you're saying updates, you're just wanting to repair some things or are you wanting to bring it up to to a better standard to get more money for it uh better standard i got a bathroom that's covered in pink tile which everybody doesn't like yeah well and here's the reason i asked that no matter what you do to the house not everybody's going to like it right. uh but yeah so pink tile. Ooh, i'm, that's I'm thinking rough. just neutral whatever a neutral color is yeah so the new owners can paint whatever they want well, this is going to sound a little strange, but here's where I would actually start. 
Okay. Contact a realtor first. Have them come through and have them tell you what would bring you more money. And here's the reason for that. Uh, A bathroom remodel I'll use as an example since you brought that up. Okay. You may spend $10,000 redoing that bathroom. Right. But it only increases your value five. Right. Was it worth doing? Well, if you saw my pink tile, uh, you'd no, I, I know, say but I'm, yes, but I'm yeah, just I, using I, that I as an as an example. So make sure that you do things that they think will get you more money. Then bring the contractor in to find out, you know, okay, what's it going to take to do these items? Now, okay. uh, is where's the home? Is it in Grapevine? It's in Grapevine, two two blocks off of Main Street, so it's a high value property. Oh yeah, is it one of the old homes down there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that'll be worth some, Yeah, probably from the 50s with with the pink, right? Uh, 54. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great area, hot on real estate right now. Um, or should I just try to sell it as is? Get, only because I know that area, I'm going to be honest with you, I think you would be better off money-wise to try to sell it as is. That's as the reason is. I'm thinking... I'm thinking you need to bring that realtor in and talk to him first. Well, uh, when I had a realtor friend, and this was a friend of a friend realtor, he came in and said, first thing I need to do is get new windows and do something to that bathroom. Okay. Well, so, and it, I mean, then if he's wanting, if you want top dollar, that's probably some of the things you'll need to do. Go ahead, Chris. You had another question. I do. Um, when we moved into this house, we had um, we have two hot water tanks. Uh-huh. We thought that one would like operate the first floor and the other the second, but they kind of like work together. So what that what happens is like there are certain spots of the house where it takes like 15 minutes to get hot water there. What can we do to improve that? Uh, well, about the only th- well, there's several things actually. You can put a recirculating system in. Uh, that would cycle the water through so you get it faster. Uh, and typically when you got a recirculating system, you're going to have water in a matter of just a, a couple seconds uh, because there's always hot water in the circuit. The other thing you can do, though, is if it's all at one end of the house, that, that you know, the furthest away from the tankless water, or from the uh, water heater, rather, you can put a small tank water heater or a small tankless water heater at that end and so you get hot water real quick when the hot water from the main water heaters get to it it shuts it off and so you're not having to uh, wait very long to get hot water now i will tell you a lot of people call me and say oh it's it's taking 15 minutes it probably is taking realistically a minute and a half at most because the water travels so fast it should be there that fast unless it's having to run to a neighbor's house or something. No, seriously, I can do my whole morning routine before I can get into the shower. Then I'm like sticking one leg in at a time because the water is that cold. It's it's 15 minutes easily. So I'm wondering. <laughs> you got a single valve faucet. In the shower? Yes. And is yes. it, even once you get hot water, is it kind of more of a lukewarm? No, it's hot once it's hot. Okay. It just takes a long time to get that way. Okay. 
Then yeah, take so a look at either one of those options. Would either one of those options would take care of it. Okay, and then my last question for you is soaker hoses. Uh-huh. Do you have to run them in the winter, or is that just like um, a spring, summer, fall type of thing? I uh, honestly, I love it when people yes. don't run them in the winter because that gives me work in the summer. <laughs> okay. Yes, you so need to run them, them year the round. You run them all the time because the water, the soil needs just a little bit of moisture daily. And in the in the winter months, you're playing catch up from the summer because you can't water enough in the summer to keep up with these dry periods and getting the soil ready for next summer. And right now, the predictions, even though we've been wet so far this winter, the predictions are that this summer we're actually going to have a pretty good drought going. So everybody needs to get their soaker hoses going now. So what do you mean by a little bit of water every day? What does that mean? On on the soaker hoses, uh, I've got uh, my my directions are 15 minutes twice a day, and that's it. Now you want to put every a pressure regulator every day, and you want to okay. put a pressure regulator on it so that it, you're dropping the city pressure comes in between 50 and 80 psi. Drop it down to like 20. And that'll balance it out where you get the same amount of water at the beginning of the hose as you do the end of the hose. Keep it 12 to 18 inches away from the foundation. And someday when you're real energetic, bury it. Because you lose about 20% to evaporation when it's sitting on the surface. Is there a best time of the day to actually run the soaker hoses? I typically tell people 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., but there is no good time or bad time. That's, That's just a time I pick. Great, Jim. Thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Chris, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. How are you today? Wonderful. How about you? I'm doing well. Uh, Listen, I uh, bought a house about six months ago, an old house from the 1940s, and keeping it as a rent house. We've done a top-to-bottom remodel on it. I mean, replaced everything from windows, new central heat and air, everything. One of the very first projects I did, though, was uh, retile, uh, put in a new tub and tiled around the bathroom. Well, as we've been working up the work, finishing up the work everywhere else, that tile has just been sitting there. It's never been used. And what I've discovered is the uh, the tile guy probably put the grout on pretty thin in the corners uh, and along the ceiling. And that grout, as it's dried up and shrunken, has cracked open. And I'm kind of wondering, at this point, is it best to go back in with grout or just to go ahead and get a tinted caulk? Get a tinted caulk because chances are good he he probably didn't do anything wrong. Those are just natural weak spots that tend to always uh, crack. And it's usually just a, I won't say a hairline, it's more like a pencil lead size crack. That's pretty uh, much what it is. Yeah, very common. But if you go into like a floor and decor store, they they actually make caulking for tubs and showers that match the grout colors. Very good. Uh, do they have a floor and decor store over in Fort Worth? Do you know? Yes, they do. Very good. All right. Well, thank you, sir. That's what I'll go with. I I didn't think it would be worth going back to try to regrout something that already had some grout in it. It just figured like caulk was a smarter way to Yeah, go. because it, you're going to continue to have a little movement there, and the, the the caulking will have a little bit of elasticity to it, so you won't have as big an issue. Very good. Okay.
Okay. Thank you, pal. Appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Melinda, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Uh, yes, sir. I, uh, my dishwasher will not drain. It's begin. It's seeing to me that it's backing up. It will not drain. It will wash, but not drain. And so the water's staying down in the bottom? It's staying down in the bottom. Uh-huh. Okay. And I don't know what's causing or where the problem is coming from. Well, it can be a couple of things. One, in most dishwashers, there's actually a screen in the bottom that uh, catches debris that comes off plates and things like that. Well, and I got that cleaned off. Okay. The little round cup, uh-huh. yep. I got that cleaned. Well, if that's cleaned up, then the other items that can cause this issue is, one, if the pump motor has gone out, because there is a pump that pumps the water up into the, you know, the little hose that comes out of the dishwasher. The other uh-huh. is if that little hose got plugged. So it's going to... The hose plugged? Yeah, the, the, yeah, it's either going to be that that hose plugged up or the pump has gone out, one or the other. Okay. So can when when you when it comes to the discharge time, can you hear that pump kicking in? Oh, you know, I really hadn't didn't listen for that. Yeah, well, typically those are loud enough that you you would hear it when it goes off. So I'm most of the time that's what it is, is that pump motor goes out. Pump motor goes out. Now how do just call a plumber and have that no, it'd be an appliance repair person. Uh, an appliance repair person to come in and repair that. Okay. Yeah. What, what kind of dishwasher is it? It's a Whirlpool, and it's we just moved in this house three years ago. Okay. And uh, I did not expect for it to start happening so soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can start with a call over to Gold Star Appliance. Okay. Uh, and they can... You know, you can talk with them. They can probably uh, get you headed in the, the right direction uh, All right. with that. Okay. Their number is 972-938-9541. I thank you so very, very much. You're welcome. Have a good okay. afternoon. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you. How can I help you? I'm looking at my roof, and it's, you know, a regular pitch-type roof here, and it looks like in two spots, there's got a, like a little ridge or a bump. Okay. What would be causing that? Usually what causes that is there's been some minor movement of the structure since the roof was put on. Uh-huh. So if a roof was put on and uh, typically like the September... June, July, August, uh, you know, in the summer months mm-hmm. when we're dry, then we get into the wet period, which is normally going to be October, November, December, and the foundation raises just a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. it tries to push things back together, and you get that little ridge up there. Mm-hmm. Usually, once summer comes back around and everything heats up, that'll lay back down again. Oh, okay. So nothing majors would be concerned about. Now, how old a roof is it? Uh, probably three years, maybe. Yeah, no, nothing I'd worry about. Okay. And, and it didn't it didn't happen three years ago. It's something that happened in in the last probably six months. Um, hard to say, uh, but maybe uh, six months or longer, probably. Yeah. 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 
Yep, I wouldn't okay. lose any sleep then. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Bye. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.